0: finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Hey, I'm Shauna Compton-Game. This is Millennial Money, and today we're talking about seven smart travel tips you need to know. Hey, everyone. I am so excited to have you on the podcast today. I know there's been a little delay between last week's podcast and this podcast. We were changing over the servers, changing over the site, and of course, everything that could go wrong technologically did go wrong, and um, luckily, there were a lot of people who kind of ran to the rescue and and helped me get it all figured out. So anyway, we're back up and running, and uh, starting June 1st, we are going to try to stick to a very strict schedule of um, publishing three podcasts a month. I know a lot of you guys have been asking for more and more and more podcasts, so I love that. And um, I'm super excited to, you know, really ramp up this summer, bring you guys a lot more content, a lot more interviews, and a lot more tips because that's what we're all here for, right? Well, on the last podcast, uh, listener question, that's always a really popular episode. Um, So if you do have a question, please don't be shy. Please go to yourmillennialmoney.com, hit the contact uh, little header, um, and go ahead and just send me a question and I'm happy to answer it. And if you don't want me to say your name or anything like that, just go ahead and leave me a note. Uh, You don't have to worry about any of that, but granted probably somebody listening has the exact same question that you have. So please feel free to send it in on the last podcast though. I did uh, answer a question about the TSA pre-check. Is that really worth it? And I love it. I got an email response from James who um, said that he listened to the podcast and he had some tips about pre-check, and so I thought this was awesome. And what he said was that, you know, if you sign up for the TSA pre-check at $85 for five years, you know, you get a chance of getting on the pre-check. And that's true, and I probably should have explained that a little bit more. Although he points out um, something called the global entry, which is something that I definitely had heard about. And so this prompted me to do a little bit more research. But for 15 bucks more, uh, again, which is just not that much money for five years you may be able to qualify for the global entry. And what James says is not only does global entry give citizens a way to bypass immigration lines when coming back into the U S and other countries. Um, he said they used it in New Zealand and Australia on their honeymoon in April. Congrats, by the way, but it also increases the chances of getting pre-check on your boarding pass to near hundred percent. So he said, just food for thought. I thought I'd encourage everybody to do global entry, even if they aren't planning to travel internationally Plus, this is an awesome tip. He said, many of the travel credit cards will reimburse the expense every five years. So you may not even need to spend any extra money. So that's an awesome tip. Thanks so much, James. If any of you guys have tips out there, things that maybe you are um, discovering or you found a great deal, please feel free to send it along to me too, because like I said, I'm sure everybody here uh, is super excited about deals. I know summer's coming up, and that means travel, hopefully, for a lot of you. Um, I know my travel um, schedule is always a little kind of crazy, and I've gone so many places already this year that I've wanted to tell you guys about, so I'm going to put together some videos to make sure and uh, get those out to you in the summer. Uh, This year already, I've been to Boston and New Orleans, and I'm going back to Boston. Um, I've been to New York and going to Colorado. Oh my gosh, where? And there's a potentially a fun uh, summer trip over my birthday um, to Europe, so I'm looking forward to that. So lots of cool things. As you guys know, I always like to find a deal, find a way to, um, you know, not spend as much money, maybe have as, not as much fun, obviously, stay somewhere pretty nice if I can, or unique, because that's really what I'm into right now. But just not break the bank. Because I mean, why would you want to do that? Why would you want to do that with anything that you're buying or, or doing? It just doesn't make sense. You know, it's like when I talked to you guys about high yield savings accounts, like, why would you not want extra money? I mean, it takes literally like, what, two minutes to open an account online. And, you know, for that two minute time investment, maybe you earn an extra 10 or 20, or I don't know, maybe an extra 100 bucks a year, depending on how much money you have in the account. But the point is more money is more money. And if you really want to get to the point where you can, um, you know, I don't know, stop working and start doing something else, or maybe you want to work for a really long time, but you just want to leave some money to your family, or I, I gosh, I don't know, maybe if you're charitable minded, and you want to um, start some sort of organization to help charity, I, you know, it's just, it really is, you don't have to be this crazy millionaire, you don't have to have billions and billions of dollars to do cool things. And that's, I think, a little misleading, because that's what, you know, when we look at the news and social media and, and everything, like we think we have to have like, Kardashian, Jay-Z, Beyonce money, right? In order to do all these cool things. And granted, okay, we probably can't like, you know, rent out Versailles for our wedding, but we could have a Versailles influenced wedding for a heck of a lot less money and probably a lot more fun. That's just, that's just my two cents. Okay. So anyway, we had another question, um, kind of going in that subject, um, from Michelle, who asked, you know, where should I go to open a Roth IRA? That's a great question, Michelle. And there's a bunch of different options. And um, I'm going to give you the two things that you need to look for at each of these places before you pick where you want to go. But you can't, you really just can't go wrong. So, um, you know, there really isn't like one better than the other necessarily. So a couple of my favorites are um, Scott Trade, They have online and Uh, locations. I think they have like 500 plus U.S. locations. So if you're not comfy with the online thing, you can go sit face-to-face with somebody. Um, And they have awesome fees. They're really low. Uh, Betterment, you guys have heard me talk about Betterment. They're a little bit different. Um, They operate online and they help you select portfolios and all sorts of things. So they don't charge per transaction. So most of these places charge per stock transaction, per mutual fund transaction. Uh, Betterment just charges you a, a percentage fee based off of how much money you have invested with them on an annual basis. And it's pretty low. I think their fees are 0.15% to maybe 0.35%, I think. Um, don't quote me on that. Go on their site and check them out. But I know lots of people who have, uh, IRAs or Roth IRAs with them and they're very happy. Fidelity. We all know Fidelity, giant, giant company, um, Uh, TD Ameritrade, another giant company. You can't go wrong with either of those. USAA, if you have, if you know, you have a family member in the military, um, or you've been in yourself, great, great choice. But here are the two things you're looking at. One is how much per stock or per mutual fund trade is it going to cost me? So that's important. You kind of want to maybe make like a little spreadsheet, do your research And, you know, you're not, it's not like you're looking for the bottom of the basement price, but really this all comes down to fees, prices, because the least amount of money that's sucked out from what you're putting in is is the ultimate goal. And you're also looking for what is the minimum to open an account? So how little money do you need to invest, especially if you're just starting out And you don't have a lot of money. I know there are a lot of mutual funds out there where it's maybe like $3,000 to invest in that mutual fund. And a lot of you just starting out may not have that type of money. And, And I've always encouraged you, even if you just have $25 or $50 a month or whatever it is, just start somewhere. So you'll want to make sure and check that out. All right. So Michelle, hopefully that helped you out a little bit and answered your questions. And everybody else who's listening, who's like, okay, I want to do this raw thing, but I have no idea where to start. Another thing I really wanted to point out before we get into uh, the episode today is I found this interesting thing on LegalZoom.com that there has been this major uptick in wills since Pr- Prince's um, death. I call it uh, leaving town, right? So he didn't die. He just kind of left town and we can listen to his music and pretend like he's, he's still around. But um, they experienced a 46% increase in overall estate planning volume after April 21st. Um, And a 20% increase in requests to talk to attorneys. There's another company called Rocket Lawyer. They saw a 57% increase in estate activity. And uh, uslegalwills.com posted a 61% surge in the number of people completing a will in three weeks after Prince's death, which is great. You know, I mean, obviously, it's not great that Prince died. We don't want that, of course, right? Right. But I think it's great that it really is kind of a public way for people to go like, oh, I um, I never done that, and I actually should do it. And I know I've told you guys over and over again. You may not think you have stuff, you may not think you have anything of value, but look around wherever you're sitting right now. If you're in your house or your apartment, you got stuff. And I. I know that I want my stuff to go to who I want my stuff to go to. I don't want someone else to tell me, you know, where this stuff goes. So even when you're young, if it's just a a really simple will, and it doesn't cost a whole lot of money, but it's just a protection thing. And any of these things you can do to just protect yourself, they're going to pay off in the long run. That's QUINCE.com slash ETM to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash ETM. In those moments when money is just not moving as fast as your dreams, EarnIt provides the financial momentum you need to keep moving forward. EarnIt is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. You just download the EarnIt app and verify your paycheck. Then you access up to $100 a day as you work, and you can leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. I honestly would use earning in lots of different ways, but what's on my mind recently is I need a night out. I need some good tacos to sip on a few virgin margaritas and celebrate you all helping this podcast earn 26 million downloads. Make Earning a part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earning, I think about financial stability and security. Gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earning today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type in Talkin' Money under Podcast when you sign up. It will really help the show. Talkin' Money under Podcast. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank, subject to your available earnings daily max, pay period max, and location. See Earning.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank & Trust, member FDIC. All right, so we're gonna, this is not a smooth transition. <laughs> we're gonna go from death to talking about travel. <laughs> um, okay, but here are seven smart tips that you need to know. I know I give you a lot of travel tips, but I just think you can't have enough travel tips because we all want to travel. We all want to go to really cool places. And I want to hear where all you guys are going this summer. But we don't want to spend a lot of money. And you shouldn't have to. So, number one, did you know that you can actually change an airline ticket if you bought it for a wrong day? So, let's say that you've gone online, you've gone to American Airlines or you've gone to Delta Airlines, whatever it may be, you bought a ticket. You closed your computer and then literally you just had like a a brain fart moment and you were like, oh my gosh, I put in the wrong day. And most of us think you can't change the ticket, right? You're stuck. Like, okay, now you got to leave on this day. But there is actually a federal rule that requires US and foreign airlines to give you 24 hours to cancel a ticket purchased seven days, at least seven days before you travel. So You can cancel directly with the airline without penalty within 24 hours. So it's a tight window. It's a 24-hour window, and you got to make sure you get on it. Uh, There are actually a lot of airlines, like I know American Airlines, they don't let you do this canceling thing, but what they do let you do is actually hold the ticket for 24 hours so you can hold it before you actually have to pay for it. I think there may be a couple other airlines that do that, but if not... If you made a snafu, don't freak out, all right? Call the airline, but you got to call them fast and see if you can get that changed. Okay, tip number two, you'll want to give the credit card company a serious heads up, especially when you travel internationally. So uh, in 2012, I actually went to Africa. I think it was one of the most amazing trips I've ever been on in my life. And I am seriously cannot wait to go back. But I went to Kenya and I went to visit a friend in Cape Town. And when I was in Kenya, um, I was doing some missionary work, and I was tired. I was thirsty. I was hungry. And I know I'm. I, I sound like I'm complaining, but um, my body just, for some reason, like couldn't adapt to everything there, and. So I was traveling to visit my friend in um, Cape Town. And so I got to Cape Town and I think I slept for like 24 hours. And Cape Town is beautiful. It's literally like Southern or actually like Northern, I should say, California. It's lush and there's mountains and there's ocean and it's beautiful and it's great restaurants and all sorts of things. So when I left, Uh, Cape Town, I was actually supposed to fly back up to Kenya to then fly out with the rest of my group um, back to Los Angeles. So the flight leaving Cape Town left an hour late. And when I got into Johannesburg, where I was going to connect through, uh, there was a problem and I actually had missed my flight to Kenya. And there is only one flight per day to Kenya. Plus, let's just make it even worse. Okay. Plus, my luggage was lost, so I had nothing on me except what I was wearing, and in the luggage was my cell phone charger, which I brilliantly packed in my luggage, not in my carry-on bag, Uh, plus all of the uh, adapters, right? And my cell phone battery then was at, oh, maybe 50%. So I was not in good shape by the time I got to Johannesburg. And so they told me like, okay, well, you can get on a flight tomorrow to Kenya. And I'm like, well, that doesn't serve me any good because tomorrow I'm supposed to be back in Los Angeles and I can't, now I'm going to, you know, it was just, it was a terrible thing and I didn't know what to do. Um, I didn't know who to call. So um, I called my boyfriend, now husband, and tried to get him to help me figure out, you know, a different flight. And, you know, this is like an eight hour time difference and we just couldn't figure anything out. So I knew I had to take matters into my own hands. So I went around to literally every airline in the airport and I like begged and plead, is there a flight back to Los Angeles? Can I get on a flight? No, 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 no. And I finally found one airline that was like, yeah, okay, we have a flight, but it's going to cost you $3,000. $3,000? <laughs> $3, Are you kidding me? <laughs> Like, I'm not flying around the world. I'm just trying to get one way back to Los Angeles. But it was literally my only option. I had no idea what to do. I didn't want to go back to Kenya by myself and then try and navigate things in Kenya. So I said, okay. And I had only brought a couple credit cards on the trip. So I gave them the credit card and um, the credit card got denied. I thought, oh, crap. So I tried it. they tried it again. Got denied. Oh, this is really bad news. So they let me call the credit card company and um, the credit card company said, you know, I'm, I'm not going to um, acknowledge that this is you because you are not supposed to be in Johannesburg. So I had not told them that I was going to stop over in Johannesburg. I had literally just told them Kenya and Cape Town. It was a giant fiasco, and then finally, finally, I just, I think I cried, and I, I don't know what I said, but uh, finally, they were like, okay, fine, we'll let the transaction go through. So they let the transaction go through, and I had some, like, a 10-hour layover, and I had no money on me. I mean, it was, it was literally like, just throw the kitchen sink at me. This is probably the worst travel experience. Somehow, I'm going to get back to Los Angeles. Um, So it was, it was, it was, I could go on and on and on talking about it. Um, It it took me a while to get back to LA and there were all sorts of snafus in the middle part. The point being, it's super important that even when you're connecting on a flight, make sure that you tell them that country as well, because you just don't know what is going to happen. So you want to call the credit card companies. You can call the 1-800 number on the back of the card, give them the dates, give them every single place that you are going to be. Um, This helps also if there's a fraudulent charge on your credit card too, it can help you, um, you know, uh, negotiate that off of your credit card. Seriously, do not use debit. Debit card is like the enemy when you're traveling. What you want to do is you want to bring at least one credit card and then hopefully one backup credit card if possible And always find out what transaction, foreign transaction fees you're going to be paying. Because if you're going to have to pay for these transaction fees, try and see if you can get a credit card that does not have foreign transaction fees. All right. So on to tip number three, which is go stealth. And when you're trying to buy a ticket, don't keep using the same browser. You know how um, we just like, I'm really guilty of this. Maybe you guys are not like this, but I literally, like right now, I probably have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight browser windows open. It's pathetic, right? I can't ever close anything out. So don't do this, especially when you're buying a plane ticket, because what happens is those sites, they track cookies and you could actually be the cause of airfare going up. So if you're checking multiple sites for the exact same flight, you actually could be the one that's charging or that's causing it. I should say to be higher, and you don't want that to happen. So there's actually something called a private window in Safari. I know they have it. I'm sure they have it in Chrome and all the other Internet Explorer and whatnot. Use a private window when you're shopping for airfare tickets, and that's going to just make sure that you're not like competing against yourself because that that's really um, not fun to do. And I've had that happen where I'm like, wait, wait a minute, why is the price going up? Like in seconds. This doesn't make sense. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. So um, those travel sites are really sneaky and they're going to try everything to get the maximum price possible for that ticket. Uh, So just make sure that you're using a private window. And also look, after you've bought your plane ticket, you've paid for it. It's done and over. Don't go back again and check that plane ticket because sometimes the price is going to be higher and sometimes it's going to be lower and there's not a single thing that you can do about it, all right? So once you've bought it, you've bought it. Uh, Don't get uh, all wrapped up in, ah, the price is lower now. Don't worry about it. Can't do a thing. All right, number four, I love Tuesdays. So Tuesday after 3 p.m., it is usually, in quotes, usually, the best time to buy your plane ticket. Uh, Flying moon week, it's always going to give you the best rates, So if you can remember anything, just remember Tuesday, it's that weird day after Monday, the weird day before Wednesday. Um, Just remember after 3 p.m. You can also set fare alerts on sites like Kayak um, and other sites that are going to help you keep track of the best rates. Uh, Like I said, American Airlines, some airlines will even let you hold your ticket for 24 hours. And look, don't be afraid to call the airline directly because sometimes you can save a ton over the internet. Um, and I have actually done this where, um, I bought a ticket to Honolulu and I was looking at it online and I think it was $7.99 online. And I called the airline directly, uh, to see if there were any deals, you know, that were better than internet. And I actually got the ticket, the same exact ticket for $65 less. Uh, so $65. I mean, that's like a meal, right? (laughs) It's like a night out on the town. So we, we often forget like with all the technology and everything at our fingertips, like we just want to do it fast and easy. And we don't want to talk to another human, but sometimes talking to the human can actually save us money. So always give them a call. You know, it's worth a shot, right? And if you save money, like you're going to feel really good about yourself. Okay, friend, I want to know what are your money goals this year? plus they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads i think that's really important after trying out monarch for myself i understand why it is the top rated personal finance app and now listeners of this show get an extended 30 day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com/etm that's m o n a r c h m o n e y.com/etm for your extended 30 day free trial i'm going to be real with you J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash E-T-M. Go to com slash E-T-M and use code E-T-M for 20% off. All right, number five, get yourself in first. So um, I don't know if any of you have flown in first class, but uh, let me just break it to you the only way I know how. It's pretty freaking great, All right. Not only do you get to sit at the front of the plane, you get a nice uh, beverage when you board, you have those large, comfy seats, you have the footrest. sometimes you have the little pod if you're going internationally, you have a way bigger screen for your movies, they pamper you, you get better food, you get hot, fresh cookies. I, yes, it is, it is worth it to sit in first class, but no... It is not worth it to pay that ridiculous price that you have to pay to sit in first class. So it is always a conundrum for me. Um, but look, you can actually get upgraded. Don't upgrade online. So a lot of times when you go to check in, they'll say, hey, do you want to upgrade for 2 dollars or 3 dollars or whatever it is? Roll the dice. Don't upgrade online. Go straight to the gate agent because they're the ones with kind of like secret um, a stash of extra first class tickets. Sometimes what they'll do is they'll say, hey, the price was two ninety nine, dollars but you know, you're here. Um, we can split the price. So I always ask them if they give me a price at the gate, I would say, hey, would, could we split that price? I mean, do I have to pay the full amount? That's worked a lot of times. Hey, it's really, I'm serious about just asking the question. You can also use frequent flyer miles too. That works. So on that long journey to Africa, when I flew from Kenya to Cape Town, um, I really, I seriously wanted some first class service. And I don't do this often, but when I got to the gate, they said, Hey, we have some, they actually said, Hey, we have some flights and first, or some seats in first class. Would you wanna upgrade? And I was like, ah. I, I do this always. Ah, I don't know. I mean, I guess it just depends on the cost. And so she gave me the Kenyan amount. And I said, well, what is that in, in U.S. dollars? And she gave me the price, and I, I think it was like $300 US dollars. It was. It's like a seven-hour flight from Kenya down to Cape Town. And uh, I was like, nah, I don't know. Um, and she's like, are you sure? We've got like five seats in first class. I'm sure she's looking at me like, okay, this is like a dumb American. Of course she's going to pay this amount, right? <laughs> and um, and I said, hey, um, you know, I don't want to pay 300 Uh, Is there any other way I could, you know, upgrade? And she said, yeah, you know what? Like, you look like an honest face. You look like you could use first class. Um, How about 75 bucks? Like, uh, 75 bucks works for me. So I flew first class down there, 75 bucks, got great food, um, got to sleep, all sorts of things. So it really is just worth asking the question, especially if you're in a foreign country too. Um, Sometimes they have a little bit more leeway. All right, so number six. This is the come on, you can do better. This is my, my, um, chant once again, to encourage all of you to embrace negotiating, like, like just, ah, get really snug and comfy with negotiating and don't be scared. Not at all. Right. What's the worst they can say is no, ah, who cares, right? You're never going to see these people again. So it's not a big deal. All right. So. Negotiating for your hotel room is one of the best sneaky tips. And most people don't do this, but you can save a ton of money by doing this. So I always get asked, well, okay, what do you say when you're negotiating? I always start out with something like this. I found your rate online for, let's say, $200 per night. Is this your best rate? Uh, You may or may not get a better deal right away. So they might say, well, yeah, that's kind of the best rate. So then I follow up and I say, is that the best deal you can do? Or can you do better than that? And then I pause and I wait for them to say something back. I don't go, ah, you know, and like try and take it back after I said it. No, no, no. Like say it with conviction. If I still don't get the rate I want, then I continue by saying something like, well, I can't spend more than 150. Then I see what the response is. So it's a good rule of thumb to try and get 25% off the starting rate because hotels generally pay um, that amount to like third-party agents and online booking sites and travel agents and things like that. So they have wiggle room in these prices. So figure out ahead of time or have a calculator if you can't do the math quickly and whatever that price is that they give you, try to aim for 25% under it. I swear to you, I've tried this at least 10 times in the last year, and it has worked at least 10 times in the last year. So again, it's just, but but think about this, right? So if I'm saving $50 a night and, you know, I'm there for, you know, two nights, that's $100. If I'm there for four nights, that's $200. You know, you can do the math like this really starts to add up. And it's all just because I have, you know, um, put strap on my big girl pants, and I'm willing to ask the question. And most people just aren't asking the question. So be smarter than that. Just ask the question. All right, number seven, let's talk rewards. You guys know I love rewards. So hotel points can be more valuable than airline points if you play your cards right. Always sign up to uh, their online sites, sign up for their Twitter, their Instagram, all those sorts of things, because you can get free goodies like Wi-Fi and early check-in Instagram and Twitter are, um, some of the best things. Like if you're going to stay at a particular hotel chain, sign up for them. And then before you go send out a tweet saying, Oh, I'm really looking forward to traveling to, um, I don't know, wherever and staying at this hotel, right? And if they start engaging with you, that is what you want. So I've done that many, many times. And then when I've arrived at the hotel, there's actually like a little um, envelope there for me, giving me like free drink coupons or free breakfast or free Wi-Fi. Um, Or literally, if you just go and sign up on their online site, you know, you put in your email address and stuff like that. A lot of times they'll send you something in in your email, like giving you free Wi-Fi or early check-in. So there's lots of deals to be had there. You can also use your points literally whenever you want. But I always say the good rule is use them within 12 months if possible. And this is another tip. So I don't know if you guys pay attention, but there's a lot of mergers going on. So like a lot of uh, big hotel chains are buying smaller hotel chains. Like um, Starwood was just bought by Marriott. So I'm not sure really what the future holds. But if you have points with any of these companies that are getting swallowed up by mergers... That should be incentive for you just to use the points. It doesn't mean the points are going to go away or just vanish, but you should use the points. Also, try to keep your hotel points in one family if possible. So Starwood and Hyatt are smaller hotel chain. There's a tongue twister for you. Uh, Starwood and Hyatt are smaller hotel chains than, say, like Hilton or Marriott. And Hilton and Marriotts are not going to be as proactive in giving you some sort of upgrades than the smaller hotel chains. Smaller hotel chains are always going to work really super hard to make sure the is super happy, and you're gonna have more chances for upgrades. And also, you really wanna look for a credit card that you can use points so many different ways. I know I've talked about like the Chase Sapphire Preferred card. I really like that card. They have, yes, a $95 annual fee. It is waived your first year, but if you really use the credit card wisely, You're going to make back that 95 bucks plus a ton in just free hotel rooms, airlines, airfare, uh, rental cars, gifts, all sorts of things. So if you use your credit card wisely, um, the 95 bucks is just not going to, it's not going to make a big difference because you're going to get, I mean, if you get like a thousand dollar free flight, what do you care about a $95 annual fee, right? So don't get stuck on the little things. Now, if you only use your credit card like twice a year, then yeah, the 95 bucks is not worth it. But you guys should all be using some sort of card that gives you points, cash back, some sort of freebie. Remember, use your credit card like a debit card. So pay that puppy off each month, right? Or keep a really small balance on it. Remember, the goal is to keep that credit utilization under 30%. If you're under 30%, you're golden. Your credit score is gonna rock, You're going to rock. You're going to get all of these great rewards. And that's what I want for you. All right. So hopefully some of those tips were new for you guys. Lots more summer tips to come. Again, please feel free to send any questions. Head on over to yourmillennialmoney.com. Hit the contact button and then write in your question and send me anything. If you want to follow up with me, have an extra question, please feel free to send it over. I'm also very active on Twitter. So please follow me at ShaunaGame and Instagram at millennial underscore money.